Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. I must be Mr. Wild. Uh, I believe you uh, know a friend of mine, uh, Mr. Foresight. Yes, I strolled on the deck and saw Mr. Foresight. It must have been middle of the night. Couldn't sleep. Isoche. I am in need of your assistance, please. Okay. What do you need? Well, I have nailed down most of the ingredients of what this residue is, but I will need your help to figuring out what they are called. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to the RMS Aquitania uh, on its voyage to England. Our investigators are beginning to sit down to their various dinners, uh, and our cast with us tonight. Uh, to my right, I am Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I am apparently going to dinner with a gentleman that I don't know. I know, right? You've bagged a Taft. Who would thought that? It's so exciting. Yeah. If you're the Taft sort of girl. Uh, and then uh, at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle. And apparently I am not a scholar. No, it doesn't seem. It seems like you've put books down to uh, pick up the bottle with your friends, which is common in the 20s. Uh, and to his right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tattenbach. And hey, we are on vacation. Let's have a good time. Yeah, I'm I'm beginning to get concerned with the uh, the vacation mode the doctor is putting himself in. I mean, I'm not saying anything's happening, but I'm just saying. Oh, shouldn't be worried. Mm, indeed. Uh, and then last, but most certainly not least. Tiffany, and I'm playing Maeve O'Shea, and yeah, spooky stuff. Spooky stuff, indeed. So the last time we sat together, we found something missing. And that missing piece was Mr. Forsyth. Gone in a seemingly uh, black poof of smoke with the tendrils of fear and anxiety and pain racking around his body, uh, thanks to Miss Lane's handiwork. The investigators are amiss at what's happened to him. They've made their initial investigations and have decided uh, to simply put them on hold temporarily while they uh, determine what may have become of their former compatriot. So we raise the curtain tonight on dinner. Uh, dinner aboard the RMS Aquitania uh, for first-class passengers is a wonderful spread. Um, in the main dining hall, um, many of the characters have uh, gotten together, but Cordoned off from the main dining area, this uh, more uh, secluded alcove, we join Miss Lane sitting down with uh, a member of the Taft family, uh, a Joseph Taft, 
to a meal fit for a king, or at least the size of a king, as uh, Joseph Taft is no small man. Uh, taking after his uncle, you can see that uh, it seems that Joseph Taft has the same uh, air of bullish braggart nature. Kind of bowls you over, Miss Lane, with the uh, with his opening salvo of stories on all of the wonderful Taft legends. He kind of almost pelts you with story after story, uh, as if he's performing for an audience of one. He uh, bangs on the table and says, uh, more scotch over here, please. He yells to the staff that are nearby. I tell you, Miss Lane, this trip that we are taking to England is an auspicious one for sure. Uh, as my uncle did in his life as a lawyer and judge, I so will in my career seek a lifetime appointment upon my return to the Ohio legislature. Well, that sounds wonderful. The Republican Party is ready for another tap. Oh, kind of pushes your uh, your response out of the way. I'm sure they are. So tell me, uh, what what brings you to England? Um, just some sightseeing. <sighs> sightseeing. Come now, Miss Lane. We are familiar with your family and their philanthropic uh, escapades. I'm certain that. Uh, your father has decided that there is a new bauble or a new industry he must poke his nose into. Are you telling me you're doing this all of your own accord? Well, I, you know, as I often tell my father, I am my own person as well. Hmm. Really? Such a upstart for a lady in the 20s here. You'd think that you were independent. I, I know. A one would think. I noticed, too, that you uh, keep a fair amount of uh, folks around you not of your own station. It's, uh, it's quite rare these days. Uh, my compatriots are quite up to the task of sightseeing in Europe. <laughs> well, hopefully they don't uh, run afoul of any faux pas of manners. We wouldn't want them acting out of turn. And really, Miss Lane, a German? The doctor? I mean, we fought a war. Super educated gentleman. Pretty wonderful company. Has he, um, has he tried to get you to swear fealty to the Kaiser? <laughs> no, no. He has not. He smiles. I'm sure he's a fine gentleman for a German. Just like I'm sure you're a fine gentleman for a Taft. <laughs> Maybe. Time will tell. Uh, they come and fill his glass again. A almost morose and sorrowful situation. You don't believe Mr. Taft needs any more alcohol to fuel his uh, uh, braggart ways. Uh, he dives into more food. It's almost like eating with a rhino in that regard. <laughs> uh, so back at the other table, the, say, Taftless table, um, Jack... Did you bring Steven to dinner with you? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so you would get to the dining hall and they would tell you that, um, Stephen, they would say that this passenger here is not prepared for first class dining, sir. Also, uh, they get you a coat. Mm. He, Stephen, kind of leans on you a bit. Yes, old boy, I think I will need a coat. Uh, he steps forward and looks at the maitre d' and kind of sizes up the lapels on his jacket with his forefingers. You have a nice coat. Can I borrow this one? The the host is kind of maitre d' kind of steps back a bit. Sir, please. We have a dining jacket if you're in need. Doctor, you and Maeve see this going on at the front uh, desk area. There's a bit of it's not a fracas per se, but it's it's close to developing into one. Uh try to insert myself harmlessly into the situation try to defuse things Jack, you have not introduced me to your friend here yes, um, a friend here just coat for the evening this uh, gentleman sticks his hand out how you doing? Steve Masterson nice to meet you, my name is Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach Tartenbach, huh? he looks, Jack, he looks back at you you telling me you shacked up with the Germans? And then he laughs. Not all of us are bad. We always had more in common with the soldiers. <laughs> as far as I'm con- I am I consider a doctor, water under the bridge at this point. The war is over. Everybody's happy about that part. Wunderbar. Come, enjoy us. They, uh, they kind of muscle a jacket around <laughs> Steve's shoulders. Uh, it doesn't necessarily fit him super well. Uh, but it does fit him enough where he won't look completely out of place. And uh, they sit down at the table. Uh, they, they seat you at the table uh, that Miss O'Shea is uh, holding down at this point. Uh, Miss O'Shea, you see a uh, kind of blonde, frizzy-haired gentleman. He has relatively smart uh, hazel eyes. It's, he has a pretty striking face. The only thing that is a little strange about him is that he has a scar that leads from the left side of his lip all the way up to his ear. Um, it looks like uh, looks very similar to some of the other wounds that uh, folks who were in the war got. He uh, moves around the booth a bit that you're all sitting in and takes up a lot of the formerly dead space between you and the seat next to you. My apologies. Steve Masterson. Maeve. Jack, is this your girlfriend? I give him, like, the most, uh, hell no look. <laughs> you didn't tell me. She's a, um, business acquaintance. Oh, well. Well, business seems to be booming then, huh? He kind of sits forward a bit on the table to, uh, to straighten himself up. My, uh, apologies, Jack and I had a few games of cards before we made it to the dinner table tonight. Excellent. So, uh, what kind of business are you in now, Jay? Private investigations? That's investigations. Investigations to get you first-class booking. Hmm? That's got to be a... That's, that's got to be a paycheck. Hmm? Well, you know, it's... Uh, pays to know the right people. Yeah, and, and which one of you... He kind of, like... Masterson kind of waves his finger around a bit. Which one of you is... Doctor, are you paying for this trip? I didn't know doctors made that much money. I wish I was paying for this trip. 
Well, whoever is paying should get us more drinks. Right, Jack? Sounds good to me. Hold my hand up for the waiter. Okay. You hold your hand up. The waiter stops over. Yes, sir. I would like a bottle of champagne and whatever these gentlemen here will have. Right away, of course. He looks to the group. For you, miss? Soda, please. Soda? See Masterson cock his eyebrow up. Soda? Boy. Tough, tough crowd. I'll have a whiskey. He holds up his fingers. A little bit of whiskey, then a lot of whiskey. Got it? The uh, waiter nods. Uh, And then you, sir, he turns to you, Mr. Doyle. Whiskey. Yes, sir, whiskey right away. He totters off. Maybe why don't you make me a spot roll? Spot hidden, please. Will do to determine that what Steve Scott, whatever his name is, is drunk. No, no, you don't need a spot hidden roll for that. That's pretty, that's pretty clear. Okay. Uh, no, 92 out of 68. Okay. Pretty excellent. The drinks come, food comes, uh, it arrives. They put out different plates of salad and bread, and you start getting the first of several courses. Uh, Miss Lane, the second course hits your uh, table as the rest of the hall, for the most part, is getting served the first. Uh, It's at the second course where uh, you see, again, uh, you see Captain Barkley stop over. And he kind of glad hands a bit with Taft and uh, says hello to you. He asks about your friend that's gone missing. Have you been able to locate them? Has the bosun found anything for you? Uh, they have not. Um, they currently consider him lost at sea, but I'm hoping he just he turns up. Maybe I you know, went and had a drink down third class or something. Taft says. Have you checked some of the lower the uh, lower decks yet, by chance? There's a there's a certain element here, Miss Lane. They have to keep it below decks. You understand? Oh, he might have gone and played cards below decks as well. I'm sure he'll turn up. Well, I have nothing but the utmost confidence in Captain Barkley and his men. The uh, captain nods and tips his hat. Thank you, Mister Taft. Think nothing of it. The captain kind of exits stage left. He does give you a bit of um, a look. It it almost reads as a I'm really sorry. And he kind of moves along. Taft lights a cigar. Sweet. So, what should we talk about, Miss Lane? Well, you were just telling me stories of your grand adventures. I mean, you can continue with that if you'd like. I could, I could, I could. But as we all know, uh, or at least as I know, my stories get old after a while. I'm much more interested in, say, how your family is doing in Philadelphia. Still own the big plot of land and the massive house? Yes, they do. Yep, Uh, my father still races horses and does very well in that. You know, I hope you don't mind me saying so, Miss Lane, but I hope that... At some point, uh, I hope at some point you find, you know, a chance to settle down after all this you know, sailing back and forth. Maybe I will. I, I, I don't have any current plans to do that. Hmm, that's a, that's a dangerous thing. A woman of your rep- reputation, no, no plans. You could do anything you wanted, huh? 
And that's exactly what I'm doing. The uh, food arrives for... The main course arrives for everybody. The main course tonight is a, a beautiful braised fish. It's got all sorts of additional accoutrement with it. Uh, you also see that there is a, a bit, just a bit, selection of crab cakes as well. And it's about midway point through dinner when all the lights in the downing hall go out. And you hear a deep rumbling stop. Kind of this din that had always been in the background. And it grows from a din to a murmur to silence. And the ship moves a bit to the right and moves a bit to the left. And as you sway back and forth for just a few seconds, um, you realize that the murmur uh, is quickly replaced by the shuffling of feet uh, and the raising of voices and the feeling of panic. I'm thankful I don't drink. Try to get to my feet and uh, see what's going on. Okay, you get to your feet. Uh, it's pitch black here in the dining hall. It's in a, a rather enormous place with now a lot of moving people in it. Um, Miss Lane, you hear uh, Joseph like uh, aghast. He puffs out his cigar and uh, he moves towards not towards you per se, but he he moves around the table as to not put his back to uh, the main floor. Almost like he moves next to you. And he says, uh, the lights are out. Be careful. I don't make a move. To, I don't make any move to move yet. Okay. Beware of the people, Miss O'Shea. The candles on the tables. Uh, there are candles on the table. They had been uh, snuffed out after the uh, salad portion of the meal because there are over there were overhead electric chandeliers. Oh, well, then I will light a match and light a candle. You light a match. Um, you get about what maybe two feet of light from it from the candle. Give or take, not a whole lot, but it's a little. Uh, and then a good. 15, 20 seconds after that, you start hearing uh, other people do very similar things. Uh, and then after a minute or two, the dining area in the first class is lit by tiny crystal twinkling lights. And Maeve, you get a real eerie feeling in your chest. Uh, as the lights seem to dance back and forth and bob left and right as the ocean pitches the, the ship back and forth. I'm going to be looking in the shadows. There are an awful lot of shadows. Which ones in particular? Uh, the ones in the corners. Mostly. Um, ones by our, like, Lillian's not at our table. So by her. You know, basically looking for, you know, the thing that was, you know, outside my mom's window kind of thing. Sure, that's reasonable. Um, you hear the booming though? voice. It's absolutely, <laughs> in your mental state, it's absolutely reasonable. Uh, you hear the booming voice of Captain Barkley take over. You hear, folks, everything is all right. Stay in your seats. 
We're going to get this corrected immediately. Um, and that does seem to uh, at least steady some people. Um, you see two uh, what look like torches get turned on. Uh, so big battery-powered torches. Uh, and that does give a little bit of light, a little bit more light into this room. And uh, people kind of steady a bit. Doctor, give me a spot hidden roll. Actually, not spot hidden. I apologize. It's listen. That is a 25 under 68. A hard success, sir. You hear the wind pick up outside. And the last time when you were walking to dinner, uh, the sky was darkening, but it was relatively clear. And this feels like a whirlwind running along the side of the ship. You can hear it. You can hear the whistle through uh, the open windows on the side of this cruise ship. I don't like the sound of that. Jack, what is that? Do you hear that? <sighs> um, I, I don't know. <laughs> you can roll listen if you want, Jack. Six. Yeah, 4 out of 26, that is an extreme success. Very good. Um, So you hear more than just that noise. Um, What you hear is that whipping sound that the doctor's talking about. uh, And you hear it roll through a part of the vessel right by the first-class dining area that you're next to. And it almost feels like you're hearing somebody moan like a uh, someone's just utterly in pain and sorrow it kind of takes hold of your ear canal and it won't let go oh that that doesn't sound good at all you see uh steven get up from the table and kind of try to push his way out of the booth. We, we gotta we gotta get out of here. Did you hear that? He kind of he looks a little shaky at this point. Down. That didn't do it. Oh no. Another critical failure. Wow. <sighs> yeah, that's tough. Uh, so you tell him to sit down and he looks at you and he reacts in a very strange way. He He kind of almost pushes you away. And says, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not sitting down for you or for anybody. This is crazy. Something crazy's going on. Um, and then the windows, um, that, that, the side of the ship that you're near shatter inward. Three of them in succession, one right after another. Glass flies, the wind picks up and it whips through. Do I have time to push the person next to me down and get down myself. Who are you next to? Probably Miss O'Shea. I would say if you'd like to make a dex roll, yeah, absolutely, if you want to get down. Not so much. 80 over 55. Um, So you go to reach for Maeve to get down under the booth to not take the incoming, and you not only fail to reach her, you actually get glass shards across your face. 
Uh, and you take a point of damage from the ripping and slashing of this glass that comes in off the table. Um, it hits you as well, Miss O'Shea, but it hits you more in the back than in the exposed face. Um, and now things teeter on the brink of panic in this room. Grab a napkin, uh, hold it to my face to stop the bleeding. You hold it to your face in hopes to staunch some of the cuts. Uh, so with the limited light that we have, uh, I would like all of the investigators to make a spot hidden roll. The difficulty is hard and a hard success or better. 1,592. So much blood in my eyes. 26 out of 68. Okay, so seemingly fitting, right? So the doctor is trying to clean the glass out of his face and he's got, you know, a handkerchief or something to try to clear it out. Um, Miss Lane, you have a good look at this. You can't really see what's going on over there. You have seen that windows have shattered and that's been evident. Um, And then uh, Jack and Maeve, you're basically at ground zero for this. When this wind comes in, something comes in with it and it's not just the glass. You feel this grainy black particulate begin hitting you in the face. Uh, and suddenly it's on the table in front of you. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. And when it hits you and it builds up on the table in front of you, Miss O'Shea, it fills a bit. like a, a, It collects on the dinner plate and on the food that's left. And out of that dust that's settled, you see a pair of eyes form in the dust. Oh, that's not good. It's not. Jack, do you have your gun? Of course I have my gun. I don't know if it's going to do much good against... um Dust? Probably not. But, you know, I don't know what else to use at this point. At this point, Jack, Stephen, who is still next to you and is seeming to stare at the table in this black dust, he flips his lid. And he falls backwards in a panic and starts screaming about devils coming through and we're all going to die. Yell at him, we're not going to die! Yeah, it doesn't seem like your uh, brand of um, what bolstering is working on him at the moment. Um, Miss Lane, from your view across the dining hall, you can see that this um, black cloud of dust has come in along with the wind here. Uh, And in that wind, in that cloud that's coalesced uh, a bit in the room, uh, you see the faint outline of Forsyth in the cloud. Um, I get up from the from the table. Um, can I see my group? Can I see them because Jack had the uh, candle lit, or no? Yeah, absolutely. You can see, you know where they're sitting. So, uh, and you can see that you can. Sigmund is standing up, or he's not half. He's ha- not standing. He was half standing up, but he's wiping his face with a, a handkerchief. And you can see, you know, Jack is shouting at somebody. And I hurriedly make an excuse that I have to go to Mr. Taft. 
thank goodness. And I try to weave my way Tap through. Tap says, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me with these people. You sure you'll be fine, Mr. Tap? And I kind of rush off and try to make my way through the crowd to the doctor and the rest of the group. Okay. You're going to have to pass through the cloud to get there. So, what? yeah, there's there's no way to get around it. So you'll have to go through the cloud to get to them. Okay. Um, so I'd like you to make a dex roll. And I'm on, I want a hard success. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I got a 47 out of 90, which is just a success. Now, you could spend a couple points of luck if you'd like to make that a hard success. Sure. You try to get around the cloud on the left-hand side, and the cloud moves. And it seems to move at you. And then you immediately double back and go right and get around it. And you feel it swirl. You feel this granular wave of air that goes under your cheek and onto your neck. And almost, you feel a pull a bit at your shoulder. But you manage to get around it. Fantastic. Uh, you arrive at the table with your compatriots. Doctor, Mr. Doyle, Miss O'Shea. Is that you, Miss Lane? It is. You have to forgive me. I'm still half blind. I apologize. No, no problem. I figured my evening would have to end early with Mr. Taft. So unfortunately. The cloud keeps coming. Uh, it turns and comes back towards the table that you were all at. If you have anything for this. <laughs> oh, let me just reach in my bag for uh, cloud communication. No idea. All right. Um, is that a, what about is the whiskey still on the uh, table? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try something. Okay. Now, I don't think a gun is going to do much against a cloud. Probably not. Oh, I'm going to uh, take a mouthful of whiskey and the candle and blow it at the uh, cloud. <laughs> okay. We're going to attempt to become a... Yeah, he's going to become a circus performer. Do I see him doing this? Yeah, why not? I, I saw this at a circus. <laughs> Sweet. How could it be? Right. If I see him doing this, I'm going to stop him. You're going to stop him? Yeah, well, um, you are faster than him just based off of dexterity. So, um, I mean, he grabs the whiskey, but it's hard to know, I guess, specifically what he's. You have a you have a Zippo, right? That you're going to use to light things up, Jack. Yeah. So I guess it's hard to know that he's going to do it until maybe the absolute last moment. Um, so it, how how would you attempt to stop him? I was just going to yell at him to stop the. Because if I saw the body of Forsyth in there, I probably don't want him lighting the cloud on fire. I mean, that's a that's your call. So uh, just, just saying, I, I mean. Yep. Okay. So play it out. All right. So Jack, you had picked up the bottle of whiskey and all that. Mm hmm. Had you started your action? Big old swig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he reaches into his pocket. He pulls out. A lighter. And I'm assuming I notice that he's doing all this, so. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. doing it right in front of you. Sweet. Jack, before you go lighting that on fire, you should know that I saw the shadow of Mr. Forsyth in that cloud. 
while in the dining hall. Take that for what you will, Jack. At this point, it's quite possible his uh, ghost is in there. I'm not. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that because my mouth is full of whiskey. Well. But, uh... <laughs> okay. So I guess are you going to continue with your action then, Jack? Yeah. Okay. Well, so... I need you to tell me what <laughs> I have to roll. Yeah. I, can, I guess it's a dexterity roll. Okay. You're trying to you're trying to aim something with your mouth. Uh, yeah. That's not necessarily <laughs> easy, but it's not impossible. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Well, I I missed. So. Okay. Um. So you. Um, spit out a whole bunch of whiskey in an attempt to do a little bit of um, fire breathing, so to speak. It uh, it goes into the air mostly, although some of it does. Uh, some of the you know specks of it do land on the carpet and on the uh, uh, on the table, uh, but it doesn't seem to bother the uh, cloud at all. In fact, the cloud itself pushes itself through the group, and I would like to get a luck roll from the. Uh, from the group, so the person with the lowest luck score. That used to be uh, Forsyth. It did, it did. He had a luck of 39. I don't know that that's the same anymore, so... I have a 40. Uh, I have 47. Jack has 69. Yeah, so it looks like it's uh, Morgan. Oh my gosh. All right. That's <laughs> awesome. And a 53 out of 40. Woo-woo! All right, Morgan. Um, the cloud bolts through the group, and it also bolts through you. Uh, and when it does so, it invades your lungs a little bit, and you begin a racking, terrifyingly uh, difficult cough. It doubles you over immediately. Uh, so now what I'd like you to do is I would like you to make me a con roll. Oh, my gosh. I got a 76 out of 60. Uh, so you will take two points of damage, and that's internal, so it's really painful. How many points? It's two points of damage. Uh, and then you fall to your knees on the ground here uh, in a horrible, racking, painful cough as this cloud bowls you over and then bolts back out of the dining uh, area through the windows that shattered and then seemingly off into uh, the great beyond. This coincides with the, the lights coming back on in the dining hall as well. Uh, and doctor, you finish scraping the particulates of glass at your face in time uh, to see, to Miss Lane double over. Rush to her side and uh, see if there's anything I can do to help. Between my hacking coughs, I or I ask him for water, if I can. Give me a medicine roll, doctor. I will spend the two luck that I need to to make that a success. Okay. Sure looks like a mustard gas attack. Well, I definitely get her some water and uh, help her get some air. Okay. Uh, a lot of the other guests around this table are trying to collect themselves back up. Um those of you spying around the room and just seeing and keeping an eye out can see that uh, the once um, you know, haughty and uh, uppity <laughs> uh, Mr. Taft has uh, pulled himself off of the floor and is trying to straighten his clothes as to not look like he was 
or anything less than in perfect condition the entire time. Uh, and yeah, the scene dilates back out time-wise and you start seeing people put themselves back together. Is Miss Lane breathing a little easier again? It's hard to tell. Um, you've gotten her to the bench area, the, the booth area where you guys are sitting at, uh, and she's still coughing pretty hard. Uh, it it reminds you, it only reminds you of mu- a mustard gas attack because it's that same sort of like deep lower lung cough that kind of echoes around hacking that deep whooping almost it rolls uh, up from the bottom and then eventually out her chest and you can as you're trying to help her steady herself you can feel uh, in her chest the rumbling Uh, the rest of the uh, investigators hear the din of the uh, engines and motor pick back up look over at the people at the table with a obvious questioning look as a hey what the hell look foresight is kind of still around it seems that way i guess in some in some fashion right so how's steve doing uh he does not look well um it seems that uh, in the commotion and confusion uh, after he panicked when he saw this cloud, uh, they have actually escorted him out of the first class dining hall. The rest of the guests try to get back to some semblance of order and dinner. You hear the music in the room pick back up. And uh, it's at that point that the wait staff begin collecting things around the table to try to put things right. I can't put a damper on my dinner. Well, yeah, you could say that. So are we the only ones that saw this? Like, no, I'm asking the group. Oh, like, okay. I mean, nobody else seems to be... Uh, phased? I mean, a little bit, but not like should be. Yeah, doesn't that seem a little strange? I think we can all agree that uh, people tend to uh, ignore what they can't or explain away what they can't understand. Perhaps. And it was quite dark in here. So perhaps all they heard was us yelling and the wind and whatnot. Why well, didn't start shooting? It's not too late for you to start shooting. Go ahead. Not shooting. I should stop saying that because every time I say I'm not going to do something, I end up doing it. <laughs> That's what makes it great. Uh, you recover your breath, Miss Lane. Well, that's good, because that just sucked. Well, whatever that was, it went right through me. Literally. That is what it seemed like. Not something I'd like to repeat. No. It seemed that way when I was trying to come from the table with Mr. Taft, that it was trying to grab at me. But I was able to get around it then. That seems very strange to you, Miss O'Shea. Did it seem like it was going for anybody else or just her? No, it seems like it went right for her. Interesting. They're very angry with me. I think you upset something with whatever you did in his room. I think I did as well. 
Perhaps it was just something that wanted to make sure that you did not finish your dinner with Mr. Taft. Well, that is fantastic. It could have been a little bit less intrusive, though. <laughs> yeah, next time, one of you guys can dine with Mr. Taft. No, thank you. Cool. I'm all right with that. <laughs> he pretty much told me I needed to settle down and get a husband and popping up, popping out kids. I, I mean, what year is this? Sure, uh, he wasn't possessed by Mr. Forsyth. <laughs> he could have been. <laughs> I was waiting for that. The uh, the staff in uh, in the dining hall uh, do what they can to make you food if you're still hungry. For those guests who aren't, they apologize profusely for what happened. They say that there must have been a, an engine situation. Doctor, they pay very close attention to you because of the glass. Uh, and then the uh, the ship's medical uh, personnel come over and begin to make sure that you're okay. I let them do their jobs. Uh, they're they're uh, pretty efficient. Uh, they inspect the cuts. They make sure that there's um, everything is clean, uh, and then they you know ended you up. It feels it feels good to have someone take care of you. I, I let them take care of me, and then I think I'm headed back to my room. I've had enough excitement. You head back to your room. Uh, you manage to uh, make sure that you have a quick last bit of a drink before you leave, but you head back to your bedroom. Oh, yes. I, so I finish off my glass of champagne if it's not uh, disturbed or on the carpet. It's not on the carpet. The glass is uh, disturbed a bit, but the bottle itself seems to still be okay. All right, then. Excellent. Uh, so what are the rest of you doing? The doctor begins to adjourn himself back to his room. I think that's a great idea. Back to, back to my room. Yeah, same. <laughs> I will go with the, the ladies, but I want to talk to Maeve. Might want to try to uh, look into this because... We're going to be stuck on this boat for a few more days, and I don't want this to continue to happen. Well, I don't think any of us does, but I don't... I mean, I can look and see what I have. Yes, that's all I can ask. Understand that I only, I only have so much with me. I mean, I can look more into what Erica gave us, since this stuff didn't happen until those books... You know, we got those books and stuff. See if... Uh, Mr. Carlisle had similar issues, but we don't have his journal, which is a big, giant bummer, by the way. I don't think we're going to have it anytime soon. No. Yeah, I'll get looking in books. Maybe I'll have something by the morning. But you can, but don't wear yourself out. Okay. Yeah, like that's going to happen. I know. I've just been saying it. I feel like a liar. Miss Lane, are you settling down for the evening? I am. I'm a little worn out between the get early morning and my my conversations with Mr. Taft and then the Sandy Cloud thing. Uh, doctor, did you want to make a first aid roll for your work on Miss Lane? I would love to. One moment. That is a 19 under 59. A hard success, sir. Your care for Miss Lane will allow her to recover a single hit point. So she feels a little bit better, but she definitely needs the rest. Uh, and then realistically, Miss O'Shea, what are you going to dive into to attempt to ascertain what's going on? 
Um, like I said, the best thing I have to look at right now is some of the new books I got. You know, okay. See if there's like any spells in there. Maybe look for similar components. You know, things like that. Since I know there's jasmine and cedar and frankincense because we could smell it. Yeah, and interestingly enough, um, while you get back to your room and you begin thinking about all the things that make up, I guess the clues that you found post Forsyth's disappearance. Now that you have a moment to reflect, you realize that the dining room for a moment smelled like jasmine too. So hopefully I can find something then. Uh, well, I guess what I would like to know is you're going to make a Cthulhu Mythos roll, but are you if you're going to utilize the books to make that roll, which book are you going to utilize? Um, Let me take a quick look again. Because you haven't read them all just yet. No. Um, I'm going to look at the Noctic scripts. Noctic manuscripts. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to make, you're going to use the Noctic manuscripts to attempt to ascertain what happened tonight in the dining hall. And you get these manuscripts back out um, and you begin working through them and attempt to find some sort of reference. Uh, and so go ahead and make a Cthulhu Mythos roll. And when you make the roll, go ahead and add 30 to your roll. I mean, it's 11 out of then 50. Yeah, you can't get the hard success bonus for it because it isn't technically your skill. Right. Um, but that is a success on Cthulhu Mythos, which is really cool. Uh, I think that's the first is the first one. I think so. We're into season three, and we finally have our first successful Cthulhu Mythos roll. Uh, so you plumb the depths of these manuscripts in the hope of finding a reference to uh, what you've seen this evening. You come across a rather strange spell. And this spell appears anyway on the outset to be something very similar uh, to uh, what you experienced. Uh, So it appears anyway that it allows you to transform yourself into uh, a ghostly form. And then to parade around a uh, location and attempt to uh, divine what is happening there. It's a it's a, some strange uh, transmutation of spirit, and uh, it looks very complex. Uh, the overall working seems to be complex, but it does call for certain things that uh, that sound familiar. It does call for frankincense, it calls for jasmine, it calls for um, charcoal made from a lightning-struck oak tree. It calls for uh, a specific dram of blood. And then it lists this sort of uh, chant that is said afterwards. Uh, It's definitely something you've not encountered before. Uh, But this looks like Quite frankly, to your trained eye, it looks like it looks like it's it's out of Forsyth League. Hey. I mean, unless he was a secret occultist. Yeah. So somebody else had to have cast this. Somehow transferred it to him. I mean, maybe. It doesn't appear anyway that 
it's something that you would direct at someone else. There's no invocation portions as far as you're reading and just the light portion that you're doing. You don't see it directed at anybody. It seems to more be directed itself. Right. It's a, it's a transmutation that you put over yourself. Yeah, but he couldn't. Ah, here's the thing. But then, if you can do that, where you can transform yourself into this thing, why couldn't you trans then use that to look like somebody else? That is possible. Perhaps. Um, this uh, kind of unraveling of the spell work that's in here takes you the better part of four hours to get to the bottom of. At least I made some good headway, though. Made some leads. Okay, uh, after that, then I'm just going to bed. It's probably roughly midnight before you head to bed. Okay. Anybody else doing anything for a final echo that evening? I should probably go see if I can find Steve. A bit of a fright. So you're going to hunt down on the low, see if you can find him? Yeah. Probably crying in a corner somewhere. Right, he you hunt around for probably a good half an hour or so, Jack, and you eventually come to a section of the ship that, quite frankly, is uh, is a little tight. Uh, there's a lot of folks down here, uh, and you're not readily familiar with the, the construction of this port of the vessel. This definitely looks like uh, either the hold or very near the hold. All right, all right. Uh, you can see in the rooms here, in these hallways, as you're kind of passing by, that there's, what, maybe six, eight bunks per room. Um, there's definitely a lot of folks that are just kind of standing in the hallways around here. And you're not sure if it's because they're not comfortable in the rooms or if they don't trust the people they're with. Uh, you can also see that the, the further towards the bottom of the vessel you go, obviously the class of folks who are staying there has changed too. Uh, and it's in this area that you find Steve. Uh, he's in a, what looks like a recreational room, if you can call it that. There's a few chairs, there's a few tables, there's a lot of open floor. Uh, and he's, looks like to smuggle a bottle from first class down yeah. here. And he's uh, staring out the window. Uh, or the porthole, as it were. I'll sit down on a chair next to him. And Jack. He takes a swig from the bottle. What, uh... What was that? Hard to say. The, the window's shattered. The glass goes everywhere. And all I see is a... All, I, it, all it was was a bunch of eyeballs to me. I swear. No lie. All I saw was eyes. I believe you. Uh, that's it's not right though. That that can't be right. I'm going to tell you something. You need to believe me. You do that. He takes another swig from the bottle. I can sure try. There are uh, things in this world, dark things, evil things. And um, investigation I'm on, tracking things like that to stop somebody or something figure it out that's that's crazy i thought it was crazy too 
Trust me, I've seen a lot worse things in that cloud of uh, darkness back there. I mean, we we saw some stuff in the war in France and Germany, but, but I I never saw. I've never seen anything like that. Hopefully, you'll never have to see anything like that again. I I can't believe you're. I can't believe you're cool. I can't believe you're. Like like nothing ever happened. I came back from uh, back from Europe, and I was uh, in a bad shape for a long time. Ever since I started uh, chasing these things, I have a new new purpose. Yeah, maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need a maybe I need to focus on something else. This business with uh, going over and trying to help start this business in, in France is, I don't know. I thought it would give me something to, to focus on to, you know, I got, I got, I got talent. I, I can do things. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it's like, it feels like the war and is still going on. It, it, it feels like I never left. Hey, I understand. Absolutely, I understand. I mean, I still wake up in the forest with you and with all the other guys. I still think about all the the gunfire. I think about just all the bodies. Endless shelling. He takes another drink. God, the shelling. He passes the bottle to you. Take a drink. It rained on us for days and nights, but we won. That's what they said. They said we won. Nobody won. Well, when we get to Southampton in a few days, I'm taking a boat over. I'm gonna. It might be a good long while before I see America again. That'd be good for you. Be real good for you. I'm going to sleep this one off. Keep the bottle. Around, Steve. Steve uh, kind of moseys <laughs> as best he can on wobbly legs back to his, uh, down his hallway, which leads to somewhere you assume is his room. Um, there's a couple of folks in the room there that um, you and step a little close to the table and I the bottle that you have. There you go. Yeah, it gets snatched up pretty quick. And uh, they pass it around between two or three of the guys that are there in the hall. And pretty soon, heck, before you even make it out the door, that bottle's gone. So I am down here. Let's wander a little bit, see if I can't uh, sniff out a certain scent. Okay. What scent are you looking for? Scent that would have been uh, stairs. Okay. Uh, so it's a spot hidden roll um, because there's no real smells, you know. Right. Yeah. There's no. There's, yeah. There's no smell skill. Uh, so to uh, to do that, it would be a hard success. You got eighty eight under ninety two. Okay, so that's definitely an extreme. You wander the boat for probably a good five or ten minutes, just looking down passageways. Uh, 
kind of poking your nose in literally where it doesn't belong. Um, and eventually you find a section at the back of the boat uh, where it looks like there is uh, some storage of where they're storing the excess luggage. Um, and that is where you find and pick up on that scent. It's definitely in the, the hold. You'd have to get into it. You have to break into the hold to get to it. Oh, is there a lock on that hold? Uh, yeah, absolutely. They would have to lock the hold. Oh, God. It's like, I'm not getting into that lock. Critical <laughs> failure. Okay. Um, so you Dude. get your tools out. No, three of them tonight. Yeah, it's been a tough night for you. And as you're working your tools around in the lock, you snap one of the uh, picks that you have, and you're not sure you can get it out at this point. And then you hear, can I help you? From behind you. Oh. You turn around, and you see a member of the crew, blue jacket, gold buttons, looks like uh, one of the uh, shipmates here. Can I help you, buddy? I was just looking uh, um, for something I dropped. Down this hallway? Yeah. Why don't you give me a fast talk roll? <laughs> Dude! I mean, at least it wasn't critical. Fair enough. That's true. 87 out of 52 is a failure. He steps up and then alongside you and looks at the door. Listen, the the hold is locked for a reason. And then he looks closer at the lock. Did you put something in here? Put something in there? Of course I didn't put something in there. Why would I put something in there? All right. Let's go. Dude, we're going to have to go get you out of the pokey. (sighs) He uh, turns around and... uh, Motions you towards uh, the opposite end of the hallway to leave. All right, all right, all right, all right. Listen, okay. But I heard something down here, and so I came down to investigate. That's all. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure uh, who put you in charge of ship investigations, but if you heard something strange, you should report it. All right. I'm sorry. I'm a private investigator from the states. It's just. It's just. Uh, professional uh, habit. Next time, keep your curiosities to yourself. It gives you a real stern look. And then waits till you leave. I'm going to bed. You head back upstairs a little bit sullen uh, at having lost tool of the trade, literally. And watching your War buddy go a little nutso and uh, having your dinner ruined. Yeah, it's been a real bang up night for Jack. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that's the perfect place to end the episode. So you all go and doss down for the night and get some rest. And tomorrow, you hope, is a new day. Uh, so thank you for joining us for another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. Uh, We look forward to seeing you again next week.